Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome in. It is In This League, not so live on the sports grid. Get on the grid. It is three hours of In This League. Now, Bogman, uh, that is Bogman, Scott Bogman on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Hello. I am Chris Welsh. You can find me on Twitter at Is It The Welsh, known as The. That's the first name. My uh, my my God-given name is The. 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 Um, we have been pumping out content. All week long over on Sports Grid. If you didn't know, you probably do. 90% probably just follow uh, our podcast feed here, but you know, people could be listening everywhere else on the apps and stuff. We have put out a new episode for an hour every single day this week. So people could say, Bogman and Welsh, you put out five hours of your radio based content. You put out over two hours of baseball content, another hour of prospects. We've got football, and you've done stuff on your Patreon. What more could you have to talk about? And I say, <laughs> you don't know us very well, because that's all <laughs> that we do. We could just talk nonstop. People, well, what are you going to do for three hours? Stuff we haven't done. We're going to talk about brand new stuff. Even though sports aren't going on, this is our talent. This is our talent, Bogman. I'm proud of you. That's what I'm saying. I remember. Here. I'm proud of you, too, my friend. And and. I remember my, my mother telling me when I was a little kid that if I had ever Don't gotten kidnapped, no. uh, if I had ever gotten kidnapped, that uh, the kidnappers would return me because I can never shut up. So that's it. She didn't say anything else like, no, Don't no, that, that, was, that like that was the big. Jo- well, do you, have I ever told you what my first word was? Uh, no, that's what it was. It was no. Oh, it was no. I thought you were going to yeah. say like Carl's Jr. It, <laughs> yeah, no, it was not burger. Burger, burger, no, burger. Your, your first sentence: yeah. no tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no tomato, no pickle. That was my first uh, sentence. Right well, definitely one of mine too. The no pickle. Yeah, but no, sure. no, my first word was no. But yeah, that was always uh, my mom's joke was: if you ever got kidnapped, they'd return you because you never shut up. And so what we do, man. We out here for content, and you know, it's it's not as much, and and there's a lot of um. You know, there's a lot of like weeding through everything right now because everything is uncertain, though, you know, baseball has done a really interesting job this week. Continuously, we reported on what uh, Sports Grid's own Craig Mish had talked about that there were, you know, rumbling conversations. Nothing was confirmed just through sources that 
MLB was having um, more aggressive conversations about what the season would look like. And then I believe Jeff Passan and, and more outlets picked it up on uh, Thursday, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, hard to keep the timeline set, where, you know, baseball really is, you know, like Rob Manford came out. This is an important one. I talked a little bit about this on Prospect One, where I, I thought it was telling where Rob Manford had said that, like, Baseball was essentially going to be kind of like a beacon of hope. I don't remember if he used that exact word, but what it in, what it entailed to me was baseball is coming back this season. They are planning to come back this season. Of course, you know, they always were, but in such a state that they feel that they are going to be a part of the fix, which why I read into that and what I read out of that is like part of the marching orders of how baseball is going to justify coming back maybe before all of this stuff is really clear. I still think it'll be probably without fans, but baseball will be back before all of the normalcy happens. And when Manfred said that, it kind of like peaked my eye and you know perked my ears up a little bit like, oh, you know, baseball has this plan going forward and I don't think they're going to deviate from it. And that's where we got the 140 to 150 games, 10 round draft, double headers, all that type of stuff. So sports is attempting to move forward in whatever capacity it can. And it's good to be prepared. You know, it's good to be prepared for if and when you can start kind of to have different dates and, and and all that kind of stuff, which is what we're talking about here is the plan is 140 to 150 games. Uh, and we're going to start probably, you know, mid-May or early June. And then it's kind of, uh, you know, double headers and fewer days off and stuff like that. And we've talked about that on the In This League pod about how, uh, you know, there could be adjustments made as far as roster sizes and there could be adjustments made as far as, <clears throat> you know, rotations and stuff like that. So I, I love it. You know, ba- baseball is, uh, could definitely be our saving grace. So yeah. I, I, I hope it happens. That's a big you thing. Know. If it happens, because everybody is kind of readjusting to this baseball at this point, baseball look is looking like it's going to come back before basketball does. And those are the two sports that are uh, sports that are going to be at the forefront of really all of this. Though I say that the first sport, the first major sport that might hold something of importance is actually the NFL draft. Even though I believe I saw that the owners were attempting to try to make them push, like push off, right? Um, that they're going to move forward with it. So we've got all of these. We're going to kind of talk about every one of these things in in respect, um, you know. To, to sports coming back, and we'll kind of talk about them today. But um, LeBron James, I don't know if you saw this, speaking of basketball, because mm-hmm. basketball is the one that, um, I mean, it really, I gotta be honest with you, Bugs, I think basketball is the one that could come back, like, in, in the soonest. The soonest, like, the, the, like, weeks. I mean, you know, I'm not Fauci well, over I, here. I, I don't know anything pro- like that, but it's easier for of them course. to play the games. I feel like it, it, it makes more sense for them to play the games without the people in the stands. There's less guys, but at, but the players have got to obviously be healthy and they'd all have to be tested beforehand. But it feels like that's the sport that could come back before anything else. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense too, because it was in the middle of the season. So, uh, yeah, but, but the problem is, is the sport with the most players that have tested positive for COVID-19 is yeah. basketball as well because it's easily transferable through sweat and stuff like that. So uh, it, it's it's a double-edged sword. It's, you know, one of those where you're like, well, of course this is going to come back. It, we're, we were in the middle of the season. It, do you believe that as of uh, uh, as of us, you know, 
as of everyone listening to this, do you know how long the NBA has been shut down? Only 15 days. Feels like three months. It, that's exactly what I said. We were talking about this in a group me uh, in the uh, basketball room there. And it's, um, you know, it feels like three months. And, and I keep getting tricked because I wake up every day and the Rockets are replaying games on like the local Houston networks and stuff. And they're tweeting out stuff like they like the games are live. And I always I get this like little internal panic that I know everyone listening to this has probably gotten once during this whole shutdown. I'm like, I forgot to set my lineup. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot to set my lineup. And I'm looking at it and I, I have this panic and then I go, oh, yeah, no, nothing's happening right now. It's going to yeah. take forever for us to readjust to that. Um, you know, Speaking of the basketball front, we already did. This is a bit of good news. If there's any been any good news here. Uh, Christian Wood with the Pistons was one of the, I mean, he wasn't Rudy Gobert here, but he was one of the first guys that had kind of been linked to um, uh, getting the virus. He's actually been fully cleared. That happened on Thursday, uh, that he was fully cleared from the coronavirus. So he uh, fought through it, got through, didn't seem like crazy complications because basketball seems to have been the most hit as far as the sports world goes from you know, we've had Christian Wood, Rudy Gobert is actually, you know, he's kind of the agent zero of all of this. And <laughs> they were the first sport to go through. But we also had the just the I don't know what the words are, but the really, really intense situation with Carl Anthony Towns. And oh, obviously it wasn't horrible. him. It was his mom. But, you know, the impact, the impact has been really, really strong from the NBA. It's also why I think they're the first ones that could be the ones that pop back up. But, you know, at this point, we haven't heard, we're not hearing anything from the NBA where baseball this week, we are getting words back. We're getting like, hey, we might be five, six weeks from a version of spring training and then, you know, whatever it is, a ramp up time. And then by June, they might get going. We're not hearing anything from basketball right now. All we're hearing are from A, the players that are contracting the virus or B you're getting your players kind of run, running rampant. Like LeBron James, he had this really like this really weird. I mean, part of it's funny, but he also, you know, kind of went back to, to kind of honing in on like, you know, the, the fans and stuff. He said, there's no excitement crying or joy without fans in the game. And he goes on to, this is actually his quote. He says, so what happens when a guy who's tested positive for Corona and you're out there on the floor with him and lose the ball set as a guest, he was on, a podcast just talking about this entire situation. He says, it's always going, uh, it's always special going back there. This is about the championship, trying to find where his stupid quote is. So to get back on the floor, I would love it. I'm not going to sit here and say nothing like if it gets out there and get back on the floor five on five, but like, uh, what? but like we can do that in scrimmage. Let's just go to each other's practice facility, put out a camera, just scrimmage and live stream it. I just don't know how we can imagine a sporting event without fans. It's just, it's a weird dynamic. And that was his original thing, too. Remember when they said, yeah, we're probably going to have empty stadiums. And he was like, I won't play. And that was kind of before we knew uh, the seriousness uh, of all of this stuff. Right. So um, he that was kind of his original statement. And I, I don't know that he's like backing it up here or anything, but I think that's probably just how he genuinely feels. Right. It's just, hey, you know, I don't want to play if there's no fans in the stand. You know, it, it's part of the atmosphere of the game. And, and I understand that I, I get because you feed off the crowd's energy, especially it, when you're at home or if you're being the bad guy on the road, there's a lot of guys but that like, 
uh, get their fills there. But we got to be safe about this stuff, man. Yeah, and, and we, we just got to get something on television. You'll, you'll right? probably yeah. take your paycheck. Um, you know, they can they can minimize. You know, probably well, he's one of the guys that doesn't be... have to care about that, though, right? I mean, he's one of the very few guys. That I get have well, to but care I'm about. just saying, it's just like you make. I, I, you can appreciate that. You, you can appreciate the the idea of, of all. Like, listen, it's going to be weird. It was weird watching the Japanese games um, that they were playing. You know, their, their spring training that's going on. I believe their season starts April 24th. Seeing them play with no fans, and but but it still was a sport. We could still consume the sport. Basketball, you know. It is the most primed, I think, to deal with it. And and to be honest with you, the NBA could play this really interesting pivot if they'd like with maybe more like hand cameras closer to the court, you know, like without there's stuff that they can do to embrace it. I can appreciate LeBron's like desire to be around the fans, but you should also know, like you're making all the fans happier once you're out there. Like if you want to play like the safety's first, like make sure everyone's clean. You know, don't push the players out there when they if they don't want to play. And the virus is a real situation for these guys to be hit with. But if everybody's clear and they want to play, uh, who cares about the fans? Who cares about the, just play? Because they'll all be uh, they'll all be watching your your numbers. I'm, yeah. I, I said this before, dude. Their numbers are going to look like I love Lucy in the fifties. Like you know when there was one <laughs> station and like five shows and people were getting like forty million views for you know Johnny Carson and stuff like that. That's the type of stuff we're going to be talking about here when sports comes back. Everybody in the world is going to be talking about it. But LeBron, LeBron then said, and this is kind of his highlighted thing, and it brings up an interesting question. Um, He goes, or they said, and when the fans do return, James says he plans to adjust some of his interaction habits. And his quote was, I ain't high-fiving nobody for the rest of my life after this S. Um (laughs) He says, no more high-fiving. After this Corona S, wait till you see me and my teammates' handshakes after this S. So lots of, lots of S's. S's and, but it made me think, Boggs, what do you think the change is? What change is going to happen in sports that we'll no longer see because of this coronavirus? I got one. I got one for you. Um, I mean, there's so many to think of. Why don't you give me your one? Okay. I, off the top of my head, I'm not having a, a good time here figuring about one this? out. No more Lambo leap. Oh, where you jump into the crowd and you have all of them patting yep. you and stuff like that. Lambo leap gone. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll be it'll be the Lambo hop, and you know you you can uh, get into the the end zone and then skip around a little bit, and that's it. I mean, look, if there's like a vaccine made. For this, you know what I mean. And I think it's going to take a different generation. That, of course, that, yeah. That, I thing. mean, that's we're, we're that's a long ways away, of course. So, we'll, but once we get something like that, maybe the Lambo leap comes back. But that'll be something where you know we'll be in like our sixties, or you'll be in your sixties, and I'll be dead. And uh, but that's what I'm know, talking about. What did we'll see the, someone jump in the crowd and be like, "Oh, I remember the Lambo leap." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like but what are, what are the immediate be. things? Like, like for football, I think. It's it's minimal. Well, no be- high five and fans, you know, that's, I think. Oh, how about throwing the football part. after a touchdown into the stands? That actually might be not just a fine, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? I just thought of this like you see a, a Homer hit into the crowd and instead of everyone fighting over it, everyone moves away. Oh, my God. The pitcher has spit on it and stuff. And, and then that one dude, that <laughs> Zach Hempel or whatever his name is, the guy who collects all the he gets all the foul balls like that. That guy is going to have to retire and give up. With- now, see, baseball is another interesting one. 
because like, you know, baseball's the most interactive, and, you know, and as someone, I personally like, I like autograph stuff and that's something I've always kind of been into. And, um, you know, I met so many games. I wonder what that experience is going to be. Look, it's going to look like, you know, the, you've already had teams that have adjusted with nets and stuff like that. I wonder if you're going to see, you know, any type, if you're going to see players that are more apprehensive of interacting with fans, see that that's another, that could be more of a, like I, I gave you some, some full on substantial type of things. Like maybe the Lambo leap, maybe throwing the football into the crowd. You actually bring up a great point. Maybe there's going to be an apprehension to uh, the baseballs being caught, but there also might be just an overall change in how athletes interact with fans after this, if they're, if they're scared of this, I mean, it could go both ways. I suppose people could, you know, athletes could realize how much they love the game and they could be just more excited. And, you know, there, there are, there's definitely players that exemplify kind of this negative attitude sometimes of like, you know, they just don't want to interact with anybody that could change. But while at the same time, it could be inverse. You could see less access to athletes more than ever. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I kind of jokingly talked about it uh, during spring training. I was like, why don't they sign a bunch of autographs and put that stuff outside instead of sitting there and interacting with every person? You know, you just think about how many things you touch in a day, right? You know, like, and, and uh, w- for athletes, remember the lines at spring training of people to sign things? Remember yeah. FanFest? That's done. Oh, my God. Right? Well, I don't think Fan so. FanFest is done now, for I mean, good. Or at least those guys are going to be behind like plexiglass walls or something. It, it's it's like a, they're making the cashiers right now. It's a really interesting thing. I mean, like I I wonder what the world looks like after. But LeBron is the first athlete I've seen openly talk about. Once we get back, here's something that won't happen anymore. He's not going to high five a fan. If basketball, like basketball, doesn't have as rampant of like a of a athlete to autograph kind of market. You know what I mean? Like. You don't see athletes stay. Well, okay, here's another one. Probably not going to see guys giving their shoes to little kids after the games nope. anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, would LeBron be able to find a taker for his shoes right uh, Who's going to take off their I jersey mean, and who's going to want that? I mean, like, those are things that could alter. But like I said, LeBron is the first one to acknowledge that this is something that I won't do anymore. And we haven't even tackled that issue yet. And all sports have their own kind of little individualized ones. Like, like you were saying, like basketball is very big about high fives. That's a huge one. Not necessarily autograph stuff. Baseball is very memorabilia kind of centric. Football has probably the least interaction, I would suppose, from the top. But there's still there's high fives. There's throwing the football. It's a it's a it's a weird world. And LeBron ain't having none of that s. Ain't none of that s. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back. We've got a whole bunch more. Casey Bubba's coming up in the third hour. We're going to be talking about some NFL stuff. There's obviously baseball stuff, and we got to some of the basketball. So we we got you covered. So don't worry about it. More in this league coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. 
And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's in this league. Got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they used to make in this league i'm the smartest guy in the world says who iq test you took in prison brought to you by carl's jr welcome back it is in this league right here on the sports grid get on the grid yeah there's a hesitation there what happened what happened you're a little bit late uh, there get on the grid get on the grid it is wash Bog- your hands. <laughs> wherever you are wash your hands That's bogman and the welsh we wash our hands we're also on twitter at is it the welsh at bogman sports we were able to successfully put together something that I was so happy that it actually worked out. And if you guys want to check <laughs> oh it out, God. you can check it out on patreon.com slash ITL army. Or if it's easier, just go to in this We've been talking about different content we want to create. We might potentially have a, a, a normal show or just a new podcast feed for everybody we might be doing. We uh, Bogman's been doing social distancing with Bogman. Uh, I've been trying to try to do a chat on Friday, trying to do some other content. We might be doing actually today as people are listening, we might be doing an ITL poker tournament. Like we are trying to give extra entertainment to the people that support us. One of the things we had joked about was obviously trying to like maybe play some games. We're not big, you know. We don't. I don't have a PS4. Bogman does. Um, but we wanted to like Collecting do some more dust. stuff. Yeah, why don't you bust it out or give it to me? And I'll well, some be, stuff. because the, well, uh, I'll I, borrow I don't, it. I don't, I don't want to touch you. Uh, and if I let you borrow it, I'll never see it again. I know that. You'll so see it again. I won't be able to take it away from your kid. Are you kidding me? My, my kid's You'll be like, well, Parker thing. plays it a lot. So no. uh, you sure you want this back? No, he's got a Nintendo switch. <laughs> he's good to go. And his Nintendo switch, this would, this would be in daddy's office. This, this wouldn't go down there. This after, would be yeah, after, after the draft, I'll be good to play like, because I have Red Dead that I got at Christmas and I still haven't busted it out. So, uh, but like after the draft, I just, I've been doing so much draft stuff that, uh, you know, it kind of eats up all of my spare time there. Yeah, so. no, and we've been doing, we've been going full time. But one thing we had talked about was doing a live stream of us playing the Oregon Trail. <laughs> I, I, real quick, before you jump into this, if you guys want to know the definition of a pessimist, it was the Welsh before we got the stream going correctly. Like you have never been, I, I don't think I've seen a transfer in your attitude from like 20 minutes uh, to the next 20 minutes ever before like this, because it didn't seem like it was going to work. The first time we fired it up, it was crap. We had to restart it and do all the stuff. But when it got working, you went from so angry so happy oh. in a matter of 30 minutes it was it was an incredible I just, turnaround i just like things to work and it's su- tech when when i know what i'm doing and the technology doesn't want to work in my favor it really pisses me off uh, m- most frustrating thing in the world yeah i don't argue with that at all we spent like an hour hour and a half just doing recordings and we did a test stream and you know the computer was like it was bogging out and stalling out and all this crap and i was like i don't know if this will work and 
We get ready, you know, 20 minutes before it's doing it again. I'm restarting my computer. We're two minutes late to do it. And I'm like, all right, might work. Let's go. And then it works. So what we did was we Bogman and I both on a live stream and everyone could see it, you know, so it's just like any normal like video game thing you would see. And we went through and did an entire run of the Oregon Trail. But what we also did was the other um, people on the trail. So Bogman and I were a part of, you know, that wagon. We put our buddies Paul Spore, Joe Pizzapia, and our buddy Casey Bubba all on the wagon with us. So it is over an hour of Bogman and I on the Oregon Trail making decisions, doing voices as the people that we talk to, trying to survive. I can't give anything away, but we literally couldn't have scripted a better ending. Like from how the whole (laughs) thing was to the end, it was magnificent. It really was magnificent. It was great. It was a fun time. I was, uh, I was kind of like, I don't know how this is going to go. And I think, you know, you were maybe a little more optimistic than I was as far as all this stuff working out right initially. And then when it came, you know, to the day, it was like, come on, this stuff isn't working, but it was so fun. It was so great that like, the night that we did it, I went back and watched the end again because it was so good. Yeah. Like, I just had to see it again. Yeah, it's fun. So it's something you can get. You're looking for an hour plus of entertainment. It's there. And I think we're going to keep going. Might be doing them on Wednesdays. We did it Wednesday night um, over on uh, on our Patreon. And I think next Wednesday night might jump. Hopefully Bogman can join. If he can't, he can't. But I'd love for him to join. That was fun. And we'll probably do harder settings. And someone even presented another one. It is Bogman. It's called organ trail but like right your organs because it's a zombie version of the organ trail i'm a little confused on how we got to zombies on the organ trail it's, but it I, doesn't I'm matter it's all it. i want it's all i want right. in the whole well, world of course you know yeah. i love zombie type of stuff so i think that's going to be on the docket we might play some old one you know i mean we could be playing um uh oh tech mobile larry, i mean larry the lounge lizard larry the lounge lizard yeah lots of stuff so we might have some free stuff out there but uh come and have some fun on our patreon and I don't know. It's one of the things that we've done in a long time that I was like super happy with. Like that and the kale eating video have been two of my favorite videos we've done in a long time. Yeah, the kale eating video, not my favorite. Bogman so. eats kale, it's called. It's a <laughs> it's, very, very good time. Not fun to me. It, I did not enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I, I saw this really interesting note here, and this could take us down. Um, well, you know what? Let's talk about this for a second before I uh, before I go through all of this, because Roger Goodell, well, this is kind of intertwined, I suppose. Roger Goodell, he's under fire, I think, in some capacity. Maybe I'm underselling it. Maybe I'm overselling it. And I briefly mentioned it in the last segment. The owners voted unanimously to move the NFL draft. And the NFL draft is not moving at the behest of Roger Goodell. Regardless of every single owner in the NFL voting to move this thing, which I think it was late-ish April. It's already not happening in Vegas. It's going to happen in just some studio or something like that. But every owner wants it. Roger Goodell says, I know better, and he is going to continue it in some empty hall. We're we're still going to be in a space where they can't have a big extravaganza. They're not going to. And Roger Goodell isn't listening to anybody. I was thinking about that the other day, and I thought about, like, how depressing it must be for the draft prospects, you know, for the guys that are going to be drafted in this draft. You know, I mean, look, they're still going to get a lot of money and, and they're going to be fine. Right. I mean, they'll get over not being able to uh, not being able to go to the draft and stuff. But like 
you see all these huge moments in a guy's NFL career. And pretty much for everyone that we've seen for the last 50 years, you can kind of see their draft moment for the most part. I mean, you know, going back too far and it's just Paul Tagliabue smoking a cigarette or Pete Rizal, uh, you know, smoking a cigarette. I think they should go back to that. Name. I think they should go yeah, back I mean, to that, to be honest with you. This year. So, <laughs> I mean, give Roger you know, Goodell just Roger a couple Goodell's cigarettes. Roger come out in his boxers with his hair all messed up. All right. Oh, you know, it'd be great. Joe Burrow, team two's up. I think that is. I think the Generation Z version would be someone coming out with just a vape pen and just sitting there vape pinning and just talking (laughs) about it. Everyone's wearing sandals and like safer than smoking and a Bob Ross shirt, which I'm literally wearing right now, wearing my Bob (laughs) Ross shirt. That would be good. I yeah, could do it. yeah, it, it, yeah. You could do it. I mean, we we uh, we have. Uh, I think we have the perfect solution for this. Is you know, auction off those uh, draft picks and let whoever uh, announce the pick, and then uh, you know, the money goes to a COVID nineteen charity or something like that. But yeah. um, I, I'm yeah, just I'm sure Roger that, Goodell would nick that nick that as well. So I'm shocked that Goodell is going through with it after every it, like okay if if there were like four owners that were like nah, nah just keep going and stuff like that don't worry about it and, and you know, even a majority still didn't want it but some people and, and then he went through every owner doesn't want this to happen they probably all want more time for their scouting stuff they've lost the opportunity to i think a lot of pro days a lot of individual workouts were gone they can only talk to these guys through skype the big I, thing is the medical checks that that's yeah. the big thing it is because we're getting no medical checks right now. I mean, every doctor who's available is, you know, helping work on, on the pandemic. So also what, uh, what kind of trouble could some of these guys be getting in right now? I, well, that's, that's for sure. I mean, the nice thing is, you know, cops, uh, I, I thought I hadn't seen a cop pulling one over in like a month, I thought. And then yesterday when I was out, I saw a couple people getting pulled over and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I guess they are pulling people We're back over. to that, huh? No. This, right, this ain't, this right, ain't exactly. Philly, Bogman. Arizona's not Philly. Philly's just <laughs> like, hey, you guys commit all the crimes you need as long as it's not murder. We're not pulling you over. Well, I don't know if you, this is another rabbit hole, but I don't know if you remember when, you remember when they had the draft in Philly? It was like the first year they didn't have it in New York. And uh, they said, yeah, there were zero arrests at the draft. And I was like, my ass, there were zero arrests at the draft. Like there are arrests at the draft. There's that. It's in Philly. Come on. People fight there all the time. You know, so uh, there was definitely arrests, but they didn't want it to be linked to the draft. So you're like, oh, no, we picked them up on this street. This wasn't in the NFL draft. I just wonder what kind of leniency they're going to have because, you know, everyone's stuck at home. There's a potential like, are they going to just like exempt drug tests for a little bit? I'm not saying everyone's going to have problems. I'm just saying no, no more drug tests anyway. So, well, I know that 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 was put to a halt. So I guess people just need to be smart about it. I just I can't fathom that Goodell is going to go forward with it. Though, I mean, I would say from a purely fan's perspective, give me an NFL draft with no one there all day right now compared to what I'm currently experiencing. You but just want something. You want something. I understand but that. it doesn't yeah. but you know what? It doesn't need to be the NFL that's the one that's trying to pump out something. I think basketball and baseball are closer to being able to give us something um something along those lines where it, this all happened I think at a relatively critical time for the NFL. Uh, I'm not saying that like, you know, teams are in the dark in March or something like that, but there's, you know, a month ago leading up to the draft, there's a lot of things that still come into play that were taken away from NFL teams. Oh, so I'm pro not days, surprised. Pro days are huge because there are guys that had terrible combines that know they're going to be able to make up at least some of their draft ground 
at the pro days and pro days are all canceled now. So uh, that's it's a brutal, brutal blow for uh, a lot of those prospects and some of the guys like uh, that, that have that need medical checks. Uh, it's going to it's going to work two ways. Number one, the guys that um, the, the guys that need the medical checks to see your progress are going to slip down boards real bad. And guys that would get a normal um, medical check and maybe something would pop up, uh, they're going to be drafted just as normal. I mean, remember a couple of years ago, uh, Andrew Billings, it was probably three or four years ago, Andrew Billings, the defensive tackle out of Baylor, was supposed to be like a late first, early second round pick. And he slipped to like the sixth round, I think it was, fifth or sixth round, because they did a medical check and his knee looked bad. So they were like, yeah, we're going to pass on him, every team. And I was sitting there going, why is Andrew Billings slipping so far? You know, I was screaming at the television. It was because of the medical checks. And uh, those things are going to go by the wayside. So you're going to see some swings and misses for sure in the draft this year uh, because it's not moving. So going to be April 23rd to the 25th. And, um, you know, teams are going to have to take the knowledge that they have now and go into the draft with it. And that's kind of it. So, So this is what's odd to me, though is the the owners don't want it to happen. Goodell says, uh, you know, S your couch. Uh, I don't care. That's not the word, F your couch. I just, I guess I didn't want to say that. <laughs> F your couch. Um, but then you get this other report that I feel like is a big contrast to it, and I want to pull it up here. It was from Ravens team president uh, Dick Cass, who says he expects a coronavirus pandemic to lead to the cancellation of all off-season activities. He said, quote, I just don't think the OTAs are going to happen at all. Uh, he says, I hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping we can get some players in the facility in June, but I'm sort of doubtful for that. So why do we why do we have owners that have what seems to be a more realistic look thinking all of the off-season workouts are going to be done, and Roger Goodell is theoretically trying to just keep things completely normal. Like I I'm all for not canceling the NFL draft. I don't want to see that happen. Well, at the same time though, how much of a disadvantage are they putting themselves in at this point by doing it? Yeah. I mean, I think this is, I think Dick Cass is doing what a lot of people are doing right now. And he's looking at the glass half empty. You know what I mean? Like preparing so, everybody like, just yeah, get ready. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like, yeah, I mean, we want to do we want to have these workouts and we want to have this stuff, but it just doesn't seem like right now with the way things are that that's going to possibly happen. And I completely understand that. I mean, we were talking in one of the group me rooms earlier today and our guy Craig in there was like, I just don't expect any sports for six months. And I was like, well, that's pretty pessimistic. But, you know, when you look at the the glass half empty, you're usually not disappointed, and I think that's kind of the point of it. Because I'm I'm a glass half empty thinker myself. It's you know usually ah this crap ain't gonna work. This is not gonna work out. This ain't gonna happen. You know, and uh and right now specifically, it's hard to see the glass half full pretty much with anything. And those people can also be annoying right now. Uh, to me personally, anyway, it's like, oh no, we're going to be fine, uh, in the middle of April. Yeah, we're not though. So, um, you know, barring a miracle. So don't expect a miracle, expect everything to get pushed back a little bit. Uh, I mean, and that's another factor leading up to the season starting and stuff. You know, the, the rookies who, uh, would sometimes make a bigger impact. If you, if you're not going through OTAs, if you're not going through mini camp and all that stuff, 
you're going to be way behind as far as development goes and actually getting on the field. So, you know, running backs are kind of easy. Uh, some of the quarterbacks, we know Joe Burrow probably starting from day one, most likely. Um, but other than that, the rest of the guys that could potentially start day one might get pushed back a little bit because they don't get those OTAs. I mean, they'll get the playbook, but having the playbook and running the plays are two completely different things. Yeah, like I and feel chemistry like chemistry and all that stuff with your teammates. Yeah, as well. I, feel, I feel like we've talked a lot about like what what is going to change in baseball right now with everything that's going on. You know, you have like especially if you're talking fantasy, um, fantasy or real. You know, you're going but for fantasy for a second, you're going to see. You know, double headers, less players. You know, probably playing games. Not just I'm not just saying because there's 140 games, but if there's double headers, you're going to have you know older guys resting. You're going to have more rest days uh, for, and I mean players resting because there's going to be less days off. Uh, you might have pitchers go more in. You know, you have a lot of impactful stuff. Something I feel like we haven't talked about is what could happen with football. And to this point, if you're talking about teams that there could be the draft could be impacted by. Uh, teams wanting to take less chances because they don't have enough information, uh, maybe avoiding injury stuff. You also could see if they don't feel confident enough in what, let's say, some of the rookie backs might look like, you might have a situation where teams want to go less bell cow, go more rotation, but it might not involve rookies. Let's actually talk about that in a second because Bogman's got some other good stuff here. So a little bit more football talk on the other side of this break. More in this league coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. In this league. Oh, I remember. I love In this league. Yeah, I remember that. Welcome back. It is In This League right here on the Sports Grid. It is your boys Bogman and the Welsh. You can find us on the Twitters at Is It The Welsh at Bogman Sports. Follow us for our hijinks. And of course, you can follow along with all the stuff we got going on. Lots and lots of podcasts, not just our Patreon, but all the other podcasts are going on. So when we went to break, or as we were going to break, I was kind of setting the stage where, you know, we know the impacts of what we relatively know. I don't want to say we know, but we know things are going to change 
with baseball. Basketball is uniquely in a situation where they could jump just straight to the playoffs or a shortened season that's already kind of near the end going into playoffs. I really don't think anything is going to change in basketball's front. Uh, baseball, a lot of things for this upcoming season of uh, you know less innings, less time in between. There's a lot of stuff that's going to change, but football is one that we just haven't put that focus into. And what sparked this box was there's a, there was a report out on Thursday. You know, this has been um, a big thing people have been talking about was with Melvin Gordon signing with Denver. What does this mean for Philip Lindsay? Is Philip Lindsay going to be, is it going to be a one, two punch? Is he going to be like an Eckler or will they go in on Gordon? And uh, Jesse Palmer reports that the belief out of Denver right now is Melvin Gordon is going to be a bell cow back. But what I'm setting up here is if you have teams less confident maybe in their rookie scouting, you know, or the draft, maybe taking less chances, you don't have OTAs, is there a situation where teams might look for more rotation than ever, but that rotation might involve less rookies than ever? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it definitely is going to. If if OTAs are missed and those guys missed, I mean, those are important reps. For, for rookies. They're more important for rookies than they are for anyone else, but they're big for rookies and they're big for guys uh, moving to a new team. So uh, I think you're you're absolutely on to something here, Welsh. I mean, there, there's going to be more rotations. And look, bell cow back is kind of a, at this point, you have to say that with quotations because you know, when we were growing up to Welsh, I, I feel like bell cow back meant 30 carries. That's what you're getting. Yeah, I always thought 25 carries. plus. Bell cow to me was like 25. But to your point, bell cow back in our day, there was that term bell cow was more of an extreme. Where bell yeah, cow at this point just means this is the only touches. guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Bell cow is like 22 carries at this point. Where, right. yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, old Jerome Bettis was a bell cow. You know, give him 32 and he's good to go. <laughs> right. So it meant a little bit different. Right, right, exactly. So bell cow for Melvin Gordon means you know, probably somewhere in the in the neighborhood of 20 touches, you know, between, you know, 18 to 24 or something in and, that neighborhood. And it might and, just and be percentages. Room for, yeah, and high percentage. And that leaves enough room for Lindsay to get, you know, six to seven touches a game. And that's which what I was saying. Like, it might just be like 70, a bell cow is 75% of the touches. It's more than a 50-50 situation. So it, it's on the team you know, because Bell Cow also might assume I didn't mean to interrupt you when you were going. Bob, no, no, but you're Bell, good. But Bell Cow was also used to be kind of attached to what a run heavy team would be. That's not the case anymore. Bell Cow is strictly a definer <laughs> of the main guy. But Bell Cow in the 90s was like, what the hell is the backup doing in there? Yeah, Why is he in there? You'd be shocked that, yeah. <laughs> you know, another running back got three carries or something like that, where th this might just be about percentages. So like you're saying, if, you know, if Gordon gets. 20 carries and uh, Lindsay gets five. You're just, you're going through the percentages here of like 70 to 75 plus percent might define the bell cow for a team. Exactly. Exactly. And you know uh, I mean, th this is nice to hear as far as Melvin Gordon's value goes, but Melvin Gordon's had some injury stuff in the past too. And so is Philip Lindsay. So I kind of like the pairing. Uh, it doesn't surprise me to hear that they would want to spend a bunch of money on a player and then make him the focal point of the offense, especially with a young quarterback like Drew Locke, you know, assuming that they don't get Cam Newton or trade for, you know, Andy Dalton or any anyone else, you know, um, we're assuming that Drew Locke is under center week one starting right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those OTAs being missed and, um, you know, if it got all the way to pushing 
back preseason stuff or whatever, or, you know, playing preseason games with empty stadiums and stuff like that, we could see guys missing reps. And like the Welsh said, not only is it going to be rotations without rookies, most likely, but it's going to be, it could be rotations without uh, new players. Um, You know, I mean, for the most part, if you signed a, you know, a pro bowler, that guy's going to play. You know what I mean? Tom Brady's going to play regardless of how many reps he gets in the preseason. And, and like first round picks, first, second round picks might be kind of like, you know, devoid of this type of stuff. Yeah. But like, you know, they're going to, you know, Jerry Judy and, and um, you know, CeeDee Lamb and stuff, they're going to just jump right in. You'll probably have some of the the major backs. What I'm talking about is, and I think you picked up on it, but maybe not everybody, where you know teams can pick up this fourth or fifth round running back and they're given an opportunity and all of a sudden they jump in. It's really going to be about scheme situations. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw an uptick in Raheem Mostert type guys, you know, guys that have been hanging oh, yeah. around the NFL that are maybe there, you know, like how Malcolm Brown was given more of a chance over Daryl Henderson at least last year, you just might see maybe more of an uptick of those, those type guys of know players. the playbook. Yeah. And yeah. they have chemistry with their teammates and, and coaches so. that can pick up players that just fit the the playbook. You know, that's kind of, I mean, uh, Kyle Shanahan was able to do that with Tevin Coleman. So I, I don't know what it means yet. Um, I, I don't know how to fully process it, but I, I wonder, I wonder how high people are going to go in overvaluation of, of the football prospects for having 2020 impact, because I, I don't know how extensive that's going to be. There'll be maybe some quarterbacks, presumably a, a running year. back or two, and there's going to be the wide receiver class is so freaking deep, but I just don't know what it's going to mean with whatever potential. If you have owners cancel the draft, remove it, and hey, by the way, our guys will probably get no OTAs in whatsoever. How much, how important of a setback is that going to be for these guys in? in you know properly being able to develop all of their players it might not be because everyone complains about the last couple of weeks of of um of the preseason so maybe it'll be fine and it's blowing out of proportion a little bit but i think there's the potential for maybe a few more raheem monster type players and maybe less rookie impact at least maybe from you know like the running back position specifically if, you, if you're not a pass blocker you might have a little bit harder of a time, but maybe I'm creating right. a story that doesn't exist. Well, it all depends on that. The OTAs, I think, because the OTAs are, uh, you know, uh, uh, organized team activities, optional team activities, all, all that stuff. So, um, you know, the rookies and you have rookie camp, rookie mini camp before OTAs as well. So if all that stuff is being missed because of uh, COVID-19, then uh, I think, you know, a lot of practices being missed. The first uh, two to three weeks of the NFL season is going to look a lot like Thursday night football as well. It's going to be some sloppy ball being played. And it's going to be even worse as far as college football goes. Uh, You know, you guys heard uh, me and Nick Allen talking yesterday about a little bit of college fantasy football. But uh, it's going to be even worse for college football because those guys replace starters every single year. And uh, usually over half. So uh, you're going to get some sloppy ass football played in the very beginning of the season because there's no spring, uh, no spring games for, um, you know, college teams this year. And, um, you know, guys checking in late, I, it makes it better for those guys checking in late that didn't get to spring practice because now they're going to have just as big a shot as the other guys did. So that that's nice to think of at least for as far as competition goes, but it's going to be some sloppy football to start. For yeah, sure. I I wonder though, even outside of sloppy football, is do do you think there should be give, given any type of um a little tiny boost for a team that brings back a majority of their you know their roster? You know, like of course, the, the, the 49ers are obviously in my stupid head here, but the 49ers have their same quarterback, 
They're going to have all their running backs. They have their tight end. Uh, they do have to make an offensive line probably change, and they're going to have to add one more wide receiver. But like, if you look at teams that make minimal changes, it might be a smoother transition early in the season. So a team like Denver, who could bring in theoretically a new quarterback, would have a brand new running back. Maybe they bring in another wide receiver. It could be a little bit messy offensively, new even QB if they're better. teams are going to have it rough. I think that's uh, kind of the overarching statement that we can make right now uh, without seeing anything, is the teams bringing in new... Uh, QBs are probably going to have a little bit rough. I mean, look, maybe not the Bucks because Tom Brady is 43 and all he does is football, it's football, 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 football. But uh, other teams bring in a new QB, like if Mariota winds up starting in, uh, you know, Vegas, uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to wind up starting uh, for the Chargers, Teddy Bridgewater in um, in Carolina. You know, these teams might have a difficult run to start their season because those new guys haven't got in nearly as many reps as they usually would in a regular season. So, yeah, and um, you know, it, it yeah, is, that's the big part right there. It all could be fixed. Like, you know, this is all theoretical stuff where, of course, you know, baseball, they want to kind of get back and they may get back sooner rather than later. And maybe we'll see. I mean, we're still so early stages of everything that's going on. We're not even in April yet. But what I, I just find it, I find it odd that you have all of the owners on the opposite side of where the commissioner is. Now, obviously, there could be a greed factor. You know, there could <laughs> be part of that. This has never happened before, right? <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you know, there could be the owners, they just don't want to mess with stuff right now, and they have to, they have, the ones have to commit a lot of money, and there still needs to be further scouting, and they're behind, and it, there could be a form of selfishness put to it. But, you know, why are, why are the owners being the ones that are so much more pessimistic about it? And Roger Goodell, I mean, is he trying to be the fair leader? Oh, we're going to be fine, and... The draft's no, not I think moving. It's, and... more, it's more the GMs and the owners. Like the GMs unanimously, 32 to zip, uh, voted to push the draft back. And I think that's just like if there's any wiggle room to get in medical checks, that's really the biggest yeah. thing. Uh, you know, obviously you want to interview these guys via Skype and all that stuff. And it's weird right now as far as traveling goes. But I, I think they just want uh, all the GMs and owners want is just a little bit more information because they're not able to get it. You want as much as you possibly can. I mean, we've heard, you know, our boy Emery Hunt, who I'm going to have on the In This League uh, War Room next week, we've heard him talk about, you know, just the books on players that these scouts have. And, you know, they're a little bit thin right now because you don't get to interview those guys and kind of evaluate them and go through uh, their medical checks and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know if a lot of that would change if they pushed it back anyway. So I'm, you know, this is one of the very few things where Goodell disagrees with everyone and you kind of roll your eyes like, oh, here we go again with Goodell. I don't know if I necessarily blame him for this as much as I would other stuff. You know, um, he just wants to keep something normal right now with everything being pushed back. And I get and that. And the I NFL. Get that. Yeah. And, and, you know, if anything, I, I could see where there could be a spark because. The NFL did prove themselves to be like this needed distraction. Really, once this stuff all started to pick up, it was like five days after, you know, the NBA canceled. We, NFL free agency, they they were underway. So to Goodell's credit, if you're going to do free agency, why wouldn't we do the draft? Like, you know, if you guys can conduct all of this, why can't we conduct that? The NFL also, they got propped up big time. You know, while everyone was seeking anything they possibly could, we were give, getting NFL information left and right. So, you know, there might be kind of that, you know, um, you know, that sense of obligation 
of trying to keep their game because they are uniquely the ones that are not involved. This all happened when it was in the, the quote, quietest physical personal time. There's obviously free agency in the NFL draft, but there are no workouts. There's no nothing. They don't have to do any of this stuff until June. So I guess that's why you could you could stay on the side of Goodell and them that, you know, they have at least continuously gave us, you know, some some type of normalcy and the draft would provide that. What a distraction that would right. be for freaking three days if we got that. I know. I know. It's it's crazy. Like I said, you know, the NBA has only been gone for 15 days and you and I both feel like it's been three months. I mean, I've been like uh, I every time I go to sleep, I'm like, oh, I forgot to do something. What did I forget to do? And it set my lineup every single night. Like, that's my my like little panicky. Like, I forgot to do something. I forgot to set my lineup. Oh, yeah, there is no lineup to set. You know, it, it's so the NFL draft coming back would be, you know, it's going to be a great distraction. But I've seen people online on Twitter like, you know, I think when Ian Rappaport tweeted out, you know, that all the GMs want to push this back. Goodell says no. Um, you know, the first response was just push it back already. That was the first response. Second was there is no way they should be moving the draft right now. And, and <laughs> there's just so, no agreement. Yeah, there's no agreement for everyone. It, it's it's black and white with no gray area at all as far as these sports decisions go right now. And uh, we are physically living in the gray area right now. I mean, that that's kind of where we're at. So um, it, it sucks. Uh, you know, I, I mean, look, the draft is going to be fun no matter when it goes off. You know, if they decide to push it back, yeah, and then once again, how far back can they? I'll push tell you it? though, dude. If it is anything like what Fox or MSNBC does, I know you're not into this stuff, but you know, I, I spent a decent amount of my time over the last week tuning into uh, all the different sites. I'll go to all three. Um, so you know, I, I don't necessarily have a political leaning that anybody could attach themselves to because I right, listen right. to all of them. But the way that media is being put together right now it, it's it's brutal like you might have someone in a studio and then they're getting someone in via skype the way that there's the delays and there there was this one with biden i don't remember what he was on it, it might have been msnbc and he was on and it, he was having a little bit of a rough time you know having a couple little like <laughs> and they went into this loop of being off timed that was like it was worse uh, than any bad audition on American Idol that you've ever seen. And oh. I worry about that for the NFL draft with if they're trying to just, you know, bring people in left and right. Everybody's on these separate cameras. I just don't know how logistically they're going to do it if there are sanctions out there right now. I mean, they, we're still in a place where things are being shut down and stuff like that. And I suppose, you know, nothing is really going until May, not a ton are going until May right now, so they can figure it out. But I don't know. Hopefully like they it, have enough time to figure that stuff out because what my idea, they got a lot be, of clips it, ready, right? Right. A hundred percent is, uh, instead of going back and forth between a bunch of people, like as a conversation, you know, whoever reads the draft pick, uh, where I'm guessing Goodell in his hotel or house or wherever he is, uh, he reads it off. They go to uh, someone else that talks about the player. They show some clips and then they go back to the next thing, you know, and, and there's a lot of conversation that happens in between there. 
But that's where I come in because I'll be doing a live stream for uh, all of our patrons on uh, patreon.com slash army. Hey, look at that. Draft, Maybe so. I'll be home and I'll do it with you. Maybe we'll yeah, look at that. Let's go. Look at that. Maybe we'll do some uh, something fun. So be on the lookout for that. Go to endlessleague.com, patreon.com slash army. It's weird times out there, but you can support your boys. We are an independent podcast and we are working as hard as we possibly can to get you guys some extra cool content. Coming up, we have got more. Actually, speaking of cool content, one NFL player dropped a top five that I want to talk about and maybe expand it a little bit more. Plus, Bogman has a really good dynasty football question that we're going to tackle. So more in this league right around the corner. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.